Right, hi everybody. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to get any more competition from the alfresco dining um, next door, so we'll see how we get on. Um, but it's really lovely to see you all. So, so some of you are visiting today, we haven't met. Um, I'm Jenny Button and together with my husband Pete, uh, we lead Alpha here at the church. And we have three children, one of whom is sitting there, <laughs> um, who are rapidly growing up. And um, so we're going to spend a bit of time together looking at this story. And like I say, hopefully not too much competition from next door. So, yeah, I really love this story. It's a very compassionate story, isn't it? About um, desperate, sick people who are outcasts of the society being healed. Now, one of my roles, I'm a, I'm a GP, and, you know, I meet a lot of desperate, sick people, and I'd really love to see a bit more of this, a bit more healing. The other thing I was thinking about is... Um, about thinking about the one who comes back and who's made whole and well as he falls at Jesus' feet. Thinking about Alpha, um, we run Alpha with Bob, as um, John's mentioned, and we've seen a lot of people's lives transformed as they encounter Jesus. So we're going to have a little think about these different aspects, the physical healing that we see in this story, those desperate people healed, and also the transformation that occurs when we encounter Jesus and when we're thankful. So thinking a bit more about this story then, so it's from Luke 17, if you wanted to have a look at it as we go along. Um, but the first thing that really strikes me is that Jesus was traveling along the border between Galilee and Samaria. So Jesus was Jewish, he lived in a place called Galilee, and Sumerians were foreigners, people that he wouldn't mix with. And I love that about Jesus, how he operates at the borders of normal society. He again and again reaches out to people who are outcasts, like we see in this story, those that we regard as foreigners that aren't like us. And in Jesus' time, like today, there were rules. There were like society rules. There were people that you mixed with and people that you didn't. But in the Bible, we read of so many examples of Jesus actually mixing with people that weren't like him, reaching out to people on the edges, on the borders. He's really compassionate, and he spent time with people like tax collectors, sinners, prostitutes, those that were demon-possessed, People that at that time were completely desperate but regarded as unclean by society. And he was really criticized for mixing with these people. And I think today for us that's sort of countercultural as well because naturally uh, we spend time with people like us and we're kind of encouraged to do so. And it's a natural thing that we do as well. But it's really interesting to note that, um, well, at the moment I'm involved in this kind of public health project, looking particularly at loneliness and isolation and how that affects people of all ages. And it seems to be a big problem for us locally next to in East Devon. And it's a massive public health concern. And there are a lot of people, people like me and other people, looking at how we can address that. And I wonder if we can ask ourselves as a church, as a community, you know, are we engaged at the borders? Who are the people at the edges of society now? 
maybe socially, financially, culturally? Who's at the edge of kind of your social network? Who could you be bringing in? Is it a mum at the school gate? Is it a colleague at work? Is it a neighbour down the road? Or maybe you're here today because somebody reached out to you and that's the reason that you're with us now. So that's the first thing that struck me really, the, the, the border thing. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Um, and we see that the, this group with leprosy call out to Jesus because they're standing far away. They're calling out, Master Jesus. And I just want us to think, you know, why are they standing so far away? So leprosy, let's have a little think about that. Leprosy here could mean leprosy, or it could mean any skin complaint deemed by the priest to be unclean. And leprosy is described in the literature of many ancient civilizations and is dealt with in the Bible, in the Old Testament bit of the Bible, in terms of rules to stop the spread of this disease amongst the Israelites, because leprosy is a, is a contagious, albeit chronic, skin disease. And even now, it's around in our world, and the World Health Organization is aiming to eradicate it by 2030. And it causes visible, profound disability to the face, to the hands, to the feet. And it, essentially, it's a, a bacteria that attack, attacks nerve endings and superficial bits of the skin. So it causes really visible disability. It's a terrible disease, and it causes a lot of suffering. And then, as in now, where communities are affected, it causes a lot of fear in the community. And today, there are those leper colonies around, as, as then, that are formed to try and stop the spread of disease, and people are sent. And people in those days were sent by the priests to live outside of the community, to live elsewhere. And in Jewish culture, those with leprosy were not allowed to come within six foot of another human. So that's why they were shouting across to Jesus. So that's not within six foot, reminds us of COVID, doesn't it? <laughs> and then, but 150 foot if the wind was blowing. And that sounds to me a lot like some of the complex COVID rules we were having to deal with. Um, so the lepers in this story, they stand far away. They're shouting at Jesus. They're trying to get his attention. In particular, at the end of this passage, we notice that one of this, this group was a leper and a Samaritan. So it's sort of a double whammy of being on the edge of that Israelite society. And ordinary people will have feared getting close. I've just been reading a really great book by a, a Christian chap who is a surgeon in the 50s and 60s. Um, a book entitled The Gift Nobody Wants, which is um, a story all about his work with leprosy in India and the USA. And one morning he was in the clinic, he was doing a clinic for people with leprosy, he had a nurse working alongside him. He was explaining a course of treatment to a patient and he just put his hands on the shoulders, he was, the patient's shoulder as he was giving this explanation. And during the consultation, the patient burst into tears and Paul Brand was shocked, and he said, oh, you know, have I offended you? What's happened? And the nurse simply explained that it had been years since somebody had touched him. So they stood at a distance, they obeyed the rules, and they called out to Jesus, Master, have pity on us. 
So, so pity. So that's um, that's from well, the Greek word for this is elios, and it's translated mercy or pity in the New Testament. And the definition of pity, of pity is that sympathetic sorrow for somebody's suffering. Mercy is that compassion or forbearance, especially to one who's subject to one's power. So using this word, the group were recognizing they were subject to Jesus' power and authority, and they were asking for compassion, for sympathy. They recognized he had the power and authority to heal. Compassion because they were ill, they were lonely, they were outcasts, they were separated from family and friends. I think we've got another <laughs> bit of competition happening. If you stay with me, we haven't got a huge amount more to go. So, um, so, so, yeah, so talking about pity then. So Jesus saw them is the next part. They called out, they stood at a distance, they were calling out, have pity. And then Jesus saw them, he noticed them. And that is really something for us to think about, isn't it? It's really that that noticing of people, noticing what's happening, noticing people on the edges. He's at the border, he's traveling along the border, Jesus, and he saw them. He doesn't ignore them, he doesn't pass by. And that first step of noticing really allows for something amazing to happen. Because I don't know about you, but I reflect that sometimes when I notice something, when I stop, that opens up that conversation, that opportunity for action. It's often the start of some really amazing stories. For example, with this surgeon, Paul Brand, as we heard about, he noticed people with leprosy and it moved him to action. He engaged with people suffering and through not just his skills as a surgeon, but something about, you know, that physical touch, that wanting to get involved was healing as well. He's not going away, is he, that singer? (laughs) So GPs, like me, we're trained in this thing. This is the way I was really thinking about this. You know, part of our training is to, when we see people, not just to, you know, um, we're really trained in, in, in looking for these clues and cues, we call them. So, you know, if somebody walks in breathless, that's pretty obvious. But there are other, like, little drop-away things that people say. And we're kind of trained to communicate well, to pick up on those little things that people are telling us and trying to get to the bottom of what might be going on. And I think that's, that's a little bit like what we can do in our Christian walk as well. We can really tune in to what God is doing and join in with what God is doing by noticing, by trying to tune in to some of these clues and cues, allowing God to highlight maybe people or situations that he'd have us notice. Okay, you ready for the next part? You're still with me? (laughs) Okay, so he saw them. We've just talked about that. Now he says, go show yourself to the priests. So I don't know about you, but I didn't know what that meant, so I had to have a little think about this. So according to Jewish law, as laid out in the Bible, the Old Testament, if a person had a skin complaint, they had to go and show themselves to the priest, and the priest decided if they were unclean or clean. 
and whether they could still live in the community. So if they were unclean, they had to go and live elsewhere. A bit like lockdown, but not. Then, if the person got better, then the priest saw them again and said, yep, you're clean, you can come back into the community, or no, sorry, you're still out. So in or out. If you were back in, you then had to offer a fairly complicated set of sacrifices at different times in the next seven days. So there were a lot of rules around this. So this priest had the power and authority to say if the person was in the community or out of the community. And I just was really struck by this parallel with Jesus because Jesus is also known as the great high priest. That's another name for him. Because Jesus has the power and authority to bring us into the kingdom, bring us into the kingdom of God through his death and resurrection when he cleanses us from the things we've done wrong. And that's what Jesus was saying in the Gospels, in the parts of the Bible called the Gospels, the stories of Jesus. He said, the kingdom of God has come or the kingdom of God is near. And when we accept Jesus, it's like being chosen to be part of the sports A team. We're in. We are in. And the healings and the miracles of Jesus are like a little taste of heaven, a sign then and now that the kingdom of God is here. And we've got an opportunity to be part of that as well. So these 10 men... As they went, as they, as they moved away from Jesus, they were going to the priest. As they went, they were cleansed. They were miraculously healed and made clean. They were healed from a disease and made clean so they could be part of their community again. And in the amplified version, which is like a different version of the Bible, a different way of saying the same thing, if you like, in this version it says, one of them one of those men, when he saw he was healed, he turned back, glorifying and praising and honoring God with a loud voice, and he lay face down at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over and over again. So let's imagine that scene. This, this man, he is completely undone. His heart is bursting with thankfulness. He cannot stop thanking God over and over and over again. And he doesn't care about the spectacle he's making of himself. He is just so grateful that he is shouting praise and glory to God. He is healed of that terrible disease and he can return to his community. And remember, he was a Samaritan as well as a leper. He was an outsider brought in from the borders. He's physically healed, and he connects to Jesus through thankfulness. Let's just think about that again. So he's a Samaritan as well as a leper. He's an outsider brought in from the borders. He's physically healed, but then he connects to Jesus through thankfulness. And thankfulness can be regarded as a spiritual discipline because it enables us to encounter Jesus. Like when we're worshipping and thanking God, it enables us to encounter Jesus, doesn't it? So a brilliant, there's a brilliant book, which I read a few years ago, called um, 1,000 Gifts. And many of you have, might have heard of it. 
and it really underlines the power of thankfulness. And the sort of little blurb on the back sort of explains it quite succinctly. The thank, um, it, it describes embracing everyday blessings and embarking on this transformative spiritual discipline of chronicling God's gifts to us. And it says, we come to feel and know the impossible right down in our bones that we are wildly loved by God. And I think this man knew he was wildly loved by God. And that caused him to throw himself down at Jesus' feet. Okay, right, you're doing really well. The last thing to think about then is that how Jesus says to him, your faith has made you well. So Jesus is extending an invitation to be part of something greater than an earthly kingdom. Do you remember we talked about the leprosy, the healing of leprosy, enabling him to be back in his, his um, kind of natural community? And the something greater is becoming part of God's kingdom. And this man accepted, your faith has made you well. So as we've said before, during Jesus' ministry on earth, Jesus, the great high priest, was bringing people in. He was teaching that the kingdom of God had come and he was doing signs and wonders to demonstrate this through healing the sick, raising the dead, and many other miracles. So Jesus, when he was sending out his disciples, just sort of flip your thinking a little bit. So when Jesus was sending out his friends, those he'd gathered around him, he sends them out to do what he had been doing, healing the sick, as we see in this story, raising the dead, cleansing those that have leprosy to drive out demons. Freely you have received, Jesus said, and freely go and give. So Jesus sent out his friends to do what he had been doing, as we see in this story. He's sending them out, sending out the disciples, his friends, to go and work the borders, to bring those um, outsiders in, into God's kingdom. And I just wanted us to think about that second bit or that second part that thankfulness often does for us. There's a really strong connection, isn't there, between thankfulness and mission. When we are thankful, we connect to Jesus, as we've just spoken about. But when we're thankful, it really seems to me that the Holy Spirit bubbles up inside of us and we want to share, we want to extend God's generosity to others. As Jesus says, freely you receive, freely give. And for me, that's a really strong motivation to do something like Alpha. I really want people to have what, what I've got. And I, I sort of daydream about seeing friends and colleagues at church. And I was really praying about tonight, think, and I really felt that um, God was encouraging us as a, as a group to um, to to work, to extend the borders, to extend his kingdom, to live generously at the edges. So 
So I wonder if um, we might just take a bit of time to pray, if that's okay with everybody. Um, so if you're all right to stand, if you're able to. So I'm well aware that tonight we've been talking about a few different things. We've been talking about people on the edges, people that need healing. And I think the first thing that I'd like to do, if it's okay, is just, you know, if you, if you don't know Jesus, and this is all new to you, but you want to encounter Jesus then I'll just encourage you now just to open your hands in front of you and we'll pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus Christ, I am so sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. Just take a few moments to ask his forgiveness for anything particular that's on your conscience. And Lord, please forgive me. I now turn from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. And I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.